Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. What I know is this. I know that I am guilty of making thousands of decisions, decisions about important matters of life, and I do so without asking the God who owns me and owns everything that I call mine. I make thousands of decisions without consulting what his will is on the matter. And when I do that, or when you do that, are we not playing the part of the fool? I want you to consider this. Time. Time. Is it yours or is it God's? Money. Is it yours or is it God's? Relationships. Are they mine or are they God's? You know, the fool in Jesus' parable was living and thinking as though there is no God. And, and, and I dare say, listen to me carefully now, I dare say that the man or woman who belongs to Christ, yet lives the greater part of life acknowledging him in a few things, but doing what they please in most things, is a fool. James chapter 4. Verses 13 through 17 says this. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year, and we'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, and then it is gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, We will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. The Holy Spirit, as he so often does, after all this inspiring James to write those things, the Holy Spirit then drives the nail in the coffin with this summary statement. He says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. We see in James 4, 13 through 17, what we ought to be doing or how we ought to be thinking and responding in life. It is sin for us to know that and then not live in accordance with it. Well, we come to verse 21. And we find that Jesus doesn't leave things hanging. Instead, he brings an application that that we would all do well to acknowledge and to put into practice. Notice these words. After giving his parable, he concludes by saying, So is the one who lays up treasure for himself or herself and is not rich toward God. Truth point number two, people who focus on physical prosperity and ignore their spiritual poverty are the fool of this parable. 
Did you catch that? The person who focuses on physical prosperity while ignoring their spiritual poverty is the fool of this parable. Now, one more time for clarity. It is not foolish to work hard. It is not foolish to build wealth. It is not even foolish to enjoy wealth. And the reason is because it is not inherently godly to be poor. (laughs) But whether poor or rich, it is the height of foolishness to disregard one's desperate spiritual poverty toward God. Which brings me to truth point number three, which tells us that richness toward God trumps richness in the world every day of the week and twice on Sunday. (laughs) You see, richness toward God is the only wealth that really matters. So I must ask, how is your heavenly bank account? Is it growing? You say, well, how would I make my heavenly bank account grow? How, Pastor Mike, how? Could you give me some practical thoughts on how I can be rich toward God? Yes, I can. I want to take you to Colossians chapter 3, and I want us to look at verses 14 through 17. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And these words from Paul describe for us seven steps that we can take to increase our richness toward God. Let's read and then we'll identify what those steps are. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now I'm going to pull out of those Uh, verses right there, seven steps that will increase our richness toward God. The first is found in verse 14. We are to clothe ourselves in God's love. Pursue it. Run after it. Pray for it. Learn how to relate to it by reading the scriptures. We are to clothe ourselves in God's love. Verse 15 gives us the second step, which is to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Now listen to me. It is Christ who gives us peace with God, but it is also Christ, once we have peace with God, who brings us the peace of God. And the only way we can have the peace of Christ ruling in our heart is if we've received him as our Savior and our Lord and have been brought into the family of God. But we are to let his peace rule in us. The third step comes from verse 15, which tells us to live in the attitude of thankfulness. Thankfulness. Number four comes from verse 16. 
which encourages us to let the gospel and all of its glorious truth fill your life. Let the gospel fill your life. I wonder how many Christians right now are letting Fox News fill their life as opposed to the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Step number five also comes from verse 16, which encourages us to invest in others what Christ has invested in you. Now, friends, that right there is discipleship. Is there anyone that you're connecting with intentionally to invest into them what God has already invested into you? It is one of the ways that we grow in richness toward God. The sixth step also comes from verse 16, and it encourages us to sing to the Lord of his matchless grace toward you. Sing to the Lord. The music that we sing to, is it predominantly secular? Is it predominantly sacred? Is it Christ-honoring? Is it flesh-inflating? As we focus on him and allow sacred songs to fill our hearts and minds, we grow in richness toward God. And finally, number seven, we are reminded that we are representatives of Christ. And therefore, we are to put effort into our spiritual growth so that we can become more and more like him, verse 17. Let me assure you of this. Catch this. If you give yourself to these seven things, okay? If you give yourself to these seven things, you will never hear God say to you, fool. Instead, what you'll hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, by way of wrapping things up, let me share that everything in life has a beginning point. And the starting point that takes one from being a fool toward God to being a faithful servant is this. It all begins with acknowledging your spiritual poverty. The scripture says that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of of the glory of God. Until we come to understand that, until we come to acknowledge that and accept that, we can't cross from fool to faithful servant. But the bridge that gets us to that faithful servant begins there, acknowledging I have a spiritual need. Secondly, it, trans, it moves forward from there to seeing the riches of God's love that he has expressed and demonstrated to you in Christ's death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We must recognize we have a spiritual need and we must see God's love in the act of the cross and the resurrection as a way that deals with our spiritual need. And having come to that point, we must turn from sin. We must turn from self And we must embrace by faith God's offer of grace through Jesus Christ, his son. That's how you go from fool to faithful servant. I want to invite you today to begin your life with Jesus by trusting him as your Savior and Lord. And I ask you, do you have questions about that? Do you have fears or concerns or doubts? 
In other words, could we talk further about what it means to become a follower of Jesus? In just a minute, I'll share with you my contact information so that you could contact me if you would like. But first, I want to speak to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to ask you, is your spiritual bank account growing? What I mean by that is, are you maturing in the faith? Are you being conformed in the likeness of Christ? We need to remember that that, that is God's calling on our life. So, if things have become stagnant, if our faith has become cold and lifeless, if that's where you are, would you allow someone to come alongside of you? Would you allow someone to share in how you have gotten off track? Someone who can then encourage you, pray with you, and help you to get back on track as a disciple of Jesus? This message has implications both for those who need to believe in Christ and those who have gotten off track in their growth with Christ. And either way we go, it's always helpful for someone to come along and help us in that journey. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.